0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Rockford, Illinois, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Rockford. Plus, syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre-recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Rockford. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. Well, good morning and welcome everyone. I am your host James Orr and I have a really exciting class to share with you today. I uh I just worked on massively overhauling and improving this tool that I've had for a while. I've used to I've used this in a bunch of classes previously. The first version of it I got from um I believe I got from Terry Evans, a lender here in Northern Colorado, um, and since then I've modified it uh, pretty significantly, so it's it's probably unrecognizable to her. Um, but originally, she, I think she gave this to me to kind of explain um, how some different loan programs worked. Uh, she's a lender here, and I was a real estate agent at the time. Although I still am a real estate agent, I'm just not active. However. Um, I've used it in a whole bunch of classes to kind of show how different loans compare and how the monthly payment on different loans compare so that we can evaluate as real estate investors which one of the different loan programs, if we're considering all these different options, which one's going to give us the most cash flow? How can we improve cash flow the most by choosing which loan we pick? And so today's class is the loan comparison spreadsheet for real estate investors. And uh, I'm really excited to show you my latest version. And here it is. So, this is a brand new, cleaned up, visually improved version of a spreadsheet that you can use to compare different loan types and mortgage insurance comparisons. So, it's your way of kind of like evaluating which loan to do. And I've highlighted which fields you should be filling in. Of course, you can go and modify other parts of the spreadsheet, especially if any of the formulas change over time, you need to kind of update those. But for the most part, you should be able to, and let me know if you can't, and I'll kind of we'll update it and make sure that we uh, we kind of make it right over the, over the time because this is brand new. Uh, but you should be able to just update these fields, the ones that are highlighted in bright red, and be able to modify it. So let me walk you through what's going on here so that you can understand why this is powerful. And then I'll show you some of the outputs that you can do. So the first thing is, you're going to want to put in the purchase price of the property that you're considering buying then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to call your lender and you're going to want to ask your lender what the different rates are for a variety of loan programs um, for your specific credit situation you know for the for the sake of classes i used to put in here the credit score used in order to get the rate and then the minimum credit score required in order to get that particular loan. And those are like the, the two lines at the bottom. However, for you, when you're going to go call your lender and work on filling this out, um, you're going to want to have them run it with your specific credit scores um, for, for your situation. So don't just go ahead and say, hey, give it to me for the credit score of 660 of because uh, that's not going to be appropriate for your situation. You want to use your exact number. There was something else I was thinking. Oh, the, one other thing I want to mention is uh please don't just send this over to your lender and ask them to fill it out for you you should get on the phone and you should talk to them and find out like what the differences are between you know doing this loan program and this one and you know how they're feeling about pricing you should call them and have a conversation Don't just send them the spreadsheet and ask them to fill it out and send it back. And definitely do not send this to like three or four or five or 10 or 20 lenders and have them all fill it out so that you get a whole bunch back and you can kind of shop them. That would be inappropriate. That's not acceptable. So please don't do that. Okay. So with that being said, you're really focused in on filling these red areas in, but I'm going to walk you through what's happening. So you're going to call your lender. You're going to say, hey, um, if I were to get a three and a half percent down. That shows you right here how much it is. Three and a half percent down. Um, A FHA loan. What is the interest rate today for doing that? And they're going to tell you, well, uh, you know, whatever it is. It's... Uh, Know, 6.5% or something like that, whatever they tell you. And you're going to write down the percentage here in this red box. And then you're going to ask them, hey, is the, is the monthly PMI rate on that one still 0.55%? And it depends on like which version of FHA you're doing. But for the most part, if you're doing 3.5% down, it's going to be that 0.55%. That usually doesn't change. Although it changed recently, but it's, it's changed for everybody. It doesn't change like daily. So you're going to tell them that. So you're going to get that number here. And so what it does is it then calculates in Hey, look, if you're getting a $450,000 property, that means you're going to put $15,750 down. That means your loan amount is going to be this $434,250. You're going to have a certain amount of money that you need to pay in as an upfront PMI fee, mortgage insurance premium. So FHA loans have an upfront fee that you pay. And so you're going to pay that upfront MI fee in order to do that. And so you're going to roll that into the loan in, in our example here. And so the total amount you're borrowing is this $441,849. And then this is your interest rate, and this is your monthly PMI rate, or mortgage insurance premium rate for FHA. It's just called something different. And then it shows you what your effective rate is, which adds these two together, just to show you approximately what you're really paying for that loan. And then it shows you what your, calculates your principal interest payment, what your monthly mortgage insurance premium is, basically takes this number and does that. It estimates your hazard insurance. You'll notice the insurance is going to be the same all the way across for all your properties. You can change that and do that. In fact, maybe I should make a note to make that a, a field that's editable. This is what happens when you uh, make improvements gonna make a note. note to myself. So hopefully I'll make that change before I get it up and we will take care of that. Well, let's see here. So MIP, I'm sorry, not MIP. This is the uh, hazard insurance and taxes. Editable. All right. So I'll go ahead and make a note on that to mark those as where you can edit those. They are editable. The field, the, the spreadsheet is completely open. So you can edit any of these fields you want, but I'll show you. I'll highlight it so that it actually um, makes it easy for you to see which ones are there. So in, in other words, it shows you the estimated tax uh, hazard insurance. You put that in there and it's the same for every one of the loans because your insurance doesn't change. Your regular property insurance doesn't change, and then your taxes, the estimated taxes on your property, and that doesn't change regardless of which loan you use, so that's going to be the same other way across, but then it shows you for the uh, for the FHA loan, for example, what your total amount of your principal and interest, your PI, plus your PMI, plus your taxes, plus your insurance, so P-I-T-I plus PMI, um, right here, P-I-T-I plus MI, and it shows you what the total monthly payment is for getting that particular loan. And we're going to show you in a chart here later uh, what the actual loan comparisons look like, but you can see them going all the way across as to what the different loan amounts are for various loan programs. Then you're going to do the same thing. You're going to ask them, hey, what's the USDA uh, rate? And they're going to tell you the uh, mortgage interest rate for that. And you're going to ask them what the PMI rate is for that. And you're going to ask them what that is. And then it shows you you're putting nothing down. It's a $450,000 loan. There's an upfront MI payment in order to get that. We're going to add that to the balance of the loan. And you're going to see all that and verify these with your lender. Make sure that this is how they're doing it and that they're, you know, you're doing it the right way. And if you have to adjust it. Um, and so it shows you the effective rate shows you what the total payment is for those. Go do a uh, VA loan, especially if you can get one, if you can't get one, then probably don't do that. If you're not going to buy a rural property, you may not even need to do USDA, but go ahead and put them in here, your interest rate. There's no PMI for VA loans, no monthly PMI. So it's NA there for that. And it shows you what the overall interest rate calculates the payment for that one. And then do two different versions of the either 3% down or the 5% down owner-occupant conventional loan. So we're going to do a whole bunch of different conventional loans. We're going to do four different ones for owner-occupant, 3% down, 5% down. And then we're going to do one where the lender pays the PMI or where you pay it monthly. And then the 5% down, we're going to do one where you pay the PMI and the lender or the lender pays the PMI. And then we're going to do all of the non-owner-occupant investment versions like a 15% down one with PMI, a 20%, 25%, 30%, and 40% down, just so you can see the loan programs. Now, if you're in a situation where you're like, look, I can only get one loan, like I only qualify for FHA and I only have 3.5% down, I can't even qualify for a 3% down conventional, maybe you don't need to do this spreadsheet. But if you're someone who has a lot of options, you've got great credit, You've got a large down payment. You can either do the nomad strategy. You could do your, your kind of like investing strategy and you're trying to figure out like, which way should I go in order to optimize? This is a great tool to help you make that decision. If you can only do one loan, filling this thing out is overkill, okay? So if you can only do like an FHA loan, don't bother. Just do the FHA loan um, and figure out what the payment is and work that in to your spreadsheet and your analysis. All right, so otherwise we do this 3% down conventional loan. If you do a monthly mortgage insurance, you're going to have a monthly MI rate here. If you're having the lender pay it for you, you're usually going to not do that, but you're going to have some points in when you do it. And so you do it this way. Um, And then your your monthly MI right here, 0.4, and then the lender pay PMI, you're not going to have one here. If you're doing a 15% down investor loan, non-owner occupant, you're going to have PMI because you're putting less than that down and you're going to put an interest rate in here for that. So you're going to have... Both these in this case. All these other ones, because you're putting at least 20% down, you don't have any PMI. So PMI is gone on all those. Then I usually make notes. Sometimes a lender will tell you, hey, look, I don't have a par rate for this. I don't have one where you don't pay any points. And so in those cases, they will tell you, you have to pay two points in order to get this rate. Um, you're you're not able to get a rate where you don't pay points. And so you can put in notes here just to say, hey, how much the points are just so you can see it. It doesn't get factored into any of the calculations because this doesn't include like closing costs per se. It's only calculating like PMI on your loan and your monthly payment. So I want to make a note though to remind myself, hey, this thing costs money in order to get this rate. And so it's not quite apples to apples when we do our comparison, all right? And you'll notice this one says PAR showing you that they didn't require points on any of those, which is pretty normal for me. But I added this just to kind of be able to have a spot for putting notes in. Okay. So then it calculates all the payments on those. Now, what I'm going to show you next is this takes this particular table, all the inputs that you had here in order to do this, and it shows you the relative sizes of the monthly payment. Okay. So if you had a property, a single property that you were considering buying, and you use any one of these different loans, this would be your monthly payment on the property and the income on the property would be the same no matter which one you did. So any ones that are lower here are going to improve cash flow by that amount. So for example, we look over here at FHA and we can see the FHA load is whatever this happens to be. We can look back here at the table. Uh 29335. So you can see that the monthly payment on this FHA loan is 2935. But if we went over here, we could see that getting a investor 30% down loan, putting a lot more down improves your cash flow by a considerable amount. So the 30% down is 23.96, so it's like $600 and 60 bucks or so um, better for you to put 30% down. But there's some that are super interesting. For example, you might be thinking to yourself, "Hey, what is the difference in monthly payment between putting, you know, 5% down where I'm paying monthly PMI? This kind of orange one here, I think is that one. This is FHA, this is USDA, this is VA." This is the 3% down pair. This is the 5% down pair. So this is 5% down where you are, I'm sorry, this is the 5% down where you are paying the monthly PMI. How does that compare to buying a property with 15% down? So this is the 15% down loan. So getting a loan, this is what's interesting. Getting a loan where you only put 5% down and you move into the property and you're paying the monthly PMI is actually cheaper than you buying a loan with 15% down where you have monthly PMI. And you can see because this monthly payment is less than this one. This one's taller. And this is your 15% down investor loan. And so you might be saying to yourself, hey, so how much better is it to put 20% down? Well, here's the 20% down one. And if we had gotten a VA loan, if we already put nothing down, the difference between putting nothing down and putting 20% down is not as much as you might've thought. Because the VA loan is such a great loan to be able to get. And you can see that here in this chart. There is a difference, but it's not this massive difference that you might have expected. So we can now visually see that getting this VA loan is higher than getting than putting 20% down and not having PMI. However, it's not as big of a difference as you might have thought. Okay, And then if you want to, you can also just break out and say, okay, I'm definitely doing owner-occupant only show me the owner-occupant versions of these loans. And so it could just show you the owner-occupant ones, the FHA, the USDA, the VA, the two 3% down options, one where you're paying the PMI um, monthly, which I believe is this one. And then one where you're actually having the lender, I'm sorry, this is the one where you're paying the monthly PMI, this is the one where you're having the lender pay the PMI. And so you could see that in this particular case, and this could change when you get your quotes, But in this particular case, it is better for you to pay the PMI monthly than to have the lender pay the PMI, to actually take a voluntarily higher interest rate. And that can differ. So if you call up on another day, it may be reversed. And that's why you need to do it both ways and to evaluate it. And then even if they are, if it is better to have the lender pay the PMI, realize that this loan, the one where you pay it monthly, at some point, the PMI will drop off and your, your, your cash flow on that property will improve because it then would no longer include the PMI once you get below that 80% or 78% loan to value, depending on what your lender is telling you, okay? So realize that this can improve over time. And so even if this one was better, the one where you you voluntarily have the lender pay the PMI and you take a higher rate, that never goes away. And so even if this one was a little bit better, the one where the lender paid the PMI, you may still want to take the other one if you do the math and figure it out, okay? And similarly over here, it shows you the 5% down where you're paying the monthly and the uh, lender paid. And one of the things I'll point out to you here is, and this is usually true, although you need to actually do your own numbers to see, look at the difference in payment between doing 3% down where you're paying the PMI monthly versus 5% down. And that's why it may be to your advantage to actually put the extra 2% down, figure out a way to do it. Wait longer, save up more money and do the 5% down. So in some cases it may be better for you to go and do that, okay? And you can see the difference here. All right. So just looking at these, though, you could tell that if you can get a VA loan, the VA loan is going to be your best loan option as far as the lowest monthly payment you can get. And honestly, you'd be you're a little surprised by that because VA loan is nothing down. So you're thinking, well, so my payment is actually lower by putting less down than you know doing an FHA loan or. Um, you know, doing these 3% down or the 5% down options, it's actually better. Yeah, that's one of the reasons when we talk about the preferred loan order, we tell you, look, we prefer you to do your VA loan first if you have VA loan benefits. If you're not a veteran, you can't get the VA loan benefits sent, can't do what you can't do, okay? But if you can, that's why we talk about doing that one first, especially doing it with a large multifamily property. If you can, you're buying like a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex and maximizing that loan size because the payment's going to be the best option typically when you do these VA loans. All right. So this is the owner occupant versions of this. Then these are the non-owner occupant versions, the kind of investment loans. Okay. So this shows you if you put 15% down and you pay PMI, this one shows you if you put 20% down, 25% down, 30% down to 40% down. Now, and in, in some cases, the difference between the 20% and the 25% is more extreme. I would say most of the time, you're going to see a much bigger difference between these two than what we're showing here. So realize that a lot of times it will be better for you, not just you know, better in terms of you put a little bit more down, you're borrowing less, but better because you also improved your interest rate significantly going from this 20% to this 25%. So look at these and see the difference between those and then realize this is the penalty you're paying when you do a 15% down loan of having PMI in addition to putting less down. Sometimes you're thinking to yourself, hey, look, I really want to go buy this property as an investor. I don't have that much saved up. It's taking me a long time to save up. And I really go want to go buy a property. There is this 15% down loan option. Maybe I should go do that and pay the PMI on that. And if it's, if it's a good enough deal, that may be a compelling enough reason. However, if the deal is not amazing, if it's just any old deal, maybe you continue to save up until either you find an amazing deal and you decide, okay, it's worth it to take this penalty, the difference in the monthly payments, in order to acquire this particular deal at a huge discount, or it's a really good property in a really good location that's going to have really good long-term appreciation and cash flow improving economics. Like you could think about those things if you're willing to take this sort of penalty. Otherwise... You may want to continue saving up until you get at least 20% down, so that you can forego paying that monthly PMI on the 15% down option. And then the same thing is usually true when you go from 20 to 25%. Although in this case, it doesn't look that extreme to me. It's 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 abnormally, it's an abnormally smaller difference. Okay, and then you can see the 30% down option, and then the going from 30 to 40 is usually a pretty big jump because it's a 10% difference, and the interest rate tends to improve a little tiny bit there. Okay, so. In conclusion, mortgage payments are often a major factor in how well your property will cash flow. But it's not just the mortgage interest rate, but also the down payment amount, how much percentage you're putting down, and the PMI that you might or might not have depending on which loan option you choose and how that PMI is taken, whether you do choose to do monthly PMI or you choose to have the lender pay the PMI. So all of those things can factor what your monthly payment is. And so that's why using something like this loan comparison spreadsheet This brand new loan comparison spreadsheet that we've got to be able to enter in all the different numbers, especially if you've got wide open options of I might do an owner occupant, like doing no matter house hacking, or I could also save up more and do this, you know, conventional non-owner occupant investment property purchase where you're doing that. Or if you're only going to do one of the owner occupants, maybe fill out only half the spreadsheet and just compare those, or if you're only going to do a non-owner-occupant investment property purchase. Maybe only fill out these ones over here and then only look at the chart for either the owner-occupant options or the investor options, okay? That's all I got for you. Any final questions before I let you all go? Thank you all for coming on. I do appreciate it. Otherwise, I will get this up there and I'll uh, I'll make that correction to the spreadsheet and I will get it posted up. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're listening to this on a podcast or um, if you're listening to it uh, on the video thing. I'll put a link there too. All right. Doesn't look like just any questions. I appreciate you all for coming on. Thank you so much. Good to see you, Tony. I will talk to y'all soon. Bye for now. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up and rents up, but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates. Cash flow on rental properties in Rockford is harder than ever. Book a call with the real estate financial planner to apply our proprietary 88 strategies to improve cash flow on your rentals see the show notes for a link to schedule your call and improve your cash flow today if you're a real estate agent lender or professional in rockford that wants to help our real estate investor listeners consider reaching out to learn about collaboration opportunities with this podcast we'd love to add more value to our listeners by having you assist our investors buy sell and finance their real estate investments See the show notes to schedule a call to discuss collaboration opportunities.